Welcome to the Route 77 Podcast. Today's journey takes us through the profound and multifaceted world of joy. In this episode, we're not just talking about joy, we're diving deep into its very essence, exploring the stark contrast between the fleeting happiness of the secular world and the enduring spiritual joy rooted in our Christian faith. We'll share personal stories that illuminate how true joy transcends temporary emotions. We'll also delve into the rich symbolism of Christ's birth, of Christ's birth, the anticipation of his return, and how these pivotal aspects of our faith shape our understanding of joy. Join us as we navigate these spiritual waters, discussing the intricate tapestry of joy, faith, and the profound impact they have on our own lives. Welcome to the Route 77 Podcast. My name is Natasha. I am your host, and I am here with Monique. Hello. And David. Hello. And we are going to be speaking about the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, right? Yes, either that or joy to the world. So we've got, we can, we got to. Don't I'll mind leave me. the singing I, to you guys. You don't want to join in with a, a joy song? You don't want to sing with us? I'm coming off of a four-day nasty illness, so don't mind my really bad voice. I am really getting sick and tired of being sick all the time. It's I'm like, sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Do you have joy in the moment? I did. <laughs> Even though I was sick and I had a fever and I have no idea where it came from because I was fine. And then all of a sudden I was just like, why am I like, like I'm, I want to literally sit on top of the heaters. And I think that was the clue is because I was, or maybe it's because I keep like where I work in one place, it's hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And then I go to the dojang and it's hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And then I get sick. Oh, anyway. So, yeah. So, I'm a little nasally. It's okay. We forgive you. Thank you. But I still have joy. You still have joy. Still can hold on to joy in all yes. of this. But I just want, to, I'll let you introduce. So, today's episode is about joy. Is it about joy? Yeah. In case you weren't sure. Were you I, sure, I, David? I'm very, I'm very oh. joyful about that. Okay, this is getting lame. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. I read the plan. And... Wasn't there a plan? Was this not the plan? This is the plan. This is the plan. I did have an outline. We have an outline. We have a plan. So this is our third episode and the Advent series that we are doing. We've talked about hope and peace and today is joy and next time should be love. And they all like build on one another. They're all important parts of our faith. And yeah, joy. We do. We were talking about like, there's joy to the world and uh, all these like joy in my heart, joy down in my heart and all these like things that celebrate joy and that sometimes we don't sit back and actually try to consider what joy is. And I know what it's not. A lot of people think or there's I don't know if they actually specifically think this, but it's like subconsciously they equate joy and happiness together as the, as being this synonymous there. You can it's a misconception. So you can you can change those words, but I mean, you can be you have a fever, stuck in the house, can't go out, can't go shopping, can't put up a Christmas tree, can't put out the Christmas lights. But I was not. But I still had joy. I wasn't blissful. I wasn't laughing or happy. You're happy about it. I wasn't happy about, about it. it. I was not happy about it. And there is a certain extent of 
thinking about like when you express joy, you are expressing sort of a happiness. Yeah. Like if you, you don't often go, I'm expressing joy. But it's, it's I, I don't know. Is joy actually a, a, a feeling? Like, do you... like, I think you do feel it. It's part of an emotion, but it's not the same as happiness. Happiness is fleeting and joy is not. Yeah. And usually happiness tends to be more like comes from the outside. Mm. Like you're happy to see someone, you're happy to receive a gift, you're happy that you got a promotion at work. Like it's an external stimuli that creates the happiness. Yeah. But joy comes from within. So if for happiness to to keep going in your life, you constantly have to feed it things to make you happy. Mm. So you if you get a promotion, then what? Your happiness will drain eventually because that, yeah. hap- like the joy, and I got the joy, but the happiness from that moment will fade. Emotions fade without. Yeah, you're just like, I got the proof. Okay, now it's back to work. Even like, you got your black belt, your first degree black belt. It's so exciting. And then you're like, oh, wait, I have to get ready for second degree. Then, so then yeah. you start focusing on that one. Yep. And even doing the interim test. Oh, I passed my interim test. Oh, I got to get to the next one. So like, yep. it's you're happy in the moment, but then. But then, then you just go on with everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you think about this, David? You guys are all over the place. When I'm trying to correlate everything. Just talking about the misconceptions of joy. Oh, no, yeah, no. You guys nailed it on the head. I don't really know what to add to it because <laughs> you guys nailed my points so that if I was to say something, it would have been that. Yeah. What about joy? What would you, David, say would be the difference between happiness and joy? Like, how would you... I'm putting you on the spot with the difficult one. No, there's what you guys mentioned. You you said exactly what I feel like happiness and joy is in that it one is fleeting and one isn't. Yeah. So you can... And one isn't based on your circumstances. Like, almost think about the opposite of happiness could be, like, say, anger. But it's hard to, like, sustain anger for an extended period of time. But you can sustain resentment. Yes. So like they're two because they're coming within and sustaining your like anger is like your external stimuli. I think that is like an opposite. And so we see them as, as coming from within. So resentment, you're like brewing it within yourself. So joy, it's something that's bubbling from in yourself, hopefully a positive thing. So that there's that, you know, that even though bad things might happen, you're like things are okay not because everything's just going to be okay and life you know work it work itself out but you know that god has control over everything and ultimately even if all the bad things happen on earth the end result is that there will be a new heaven and a new earth it's like that you know that song piece like a river it is well with my soul even if everything is falling apart you can still say it is well with my soul yeah I also have to look at uh, biblical joy. Psalm sixteen eleven. It talks about. It says that uh, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So this demonstrates that again, joy is enduring. Enduring, and uh, it doesn't conform itself to changes with or circumstances, like you guys say. Yeah, I see. I was going to the Bible because it's in First Peter 1 verse 6. So, so I think it's important. So it says here, it says, it talks about trials and you're living in hope. 
we've talked about hope, but it says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little, the fact that you're, you have the salvation, because though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And then it goes on how you can go through that. But I just like where it says that though you know now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. Like we, we know we've been told that this is for, for a short time for like here on earth. We know that there's going to be a time when there's no sorrow, no pain, no grief. There's all these things that we will no longer be. And if you imagine, think about something like a broken leg. Okay. You could be really upset that you have a broken leg, but you've been told by the doctor in X amount of weeks, if all goes well, we'll be taking the cast off and you'll be going like you were before. So you can go through that and just because there's like a time limit in X amount of weeks, everything should go forward and that won't have this broken leg anymore. So you can persevere through it because it's got a time limit. The things that are hard to persevere through is when you don't know. I feel like you're referring to James 1, 2 to 3, where it talks about uh, you can find pure joy with the trials Mm -hmm. that set forth testing of your faith. As this will, I can read the verse. Yeah. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Is that more of what you were? That's one of them. But I just like the fact that they talk about how I think there's another verse too somewhere where it talks about like where you can go through things, but you know that it's just for a time. And we can pretty much get through a lot of things because you know it's not forever. So there's a part of you that like knows that everything, the trials that you have here on earth are not forever, even if they are forever in your physical life. Say you have chronic disease, like a chronic disorder or chronic pain or like a disability of some sort you know that it's limited to this lifetime and okay so you're getting at more of like joy in the sense of a material success then so achievements you, you associate joy with like wealth or earthly achievements to accomplishing stuff or just the kind of like worldly events and stuff right not really i'm just saying The reason we can have joy and we have this hope and joy in our hearts is that we know that God is in control and that it's a limited time, that we won't have experience this forever. Pain and grief and sorrow and all these things. Yeah, you're talking about the source of joy. Yeah, more, yeah. And how you can have joy throughout trials. Yeah, because it says in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Peace as you trusted him. Yeah, that's Pope's salvation too. Romans 12. Yeah. What did you say? 12, 13, 12, 12. Romans Um, 12, 12, 12, 13. Yeah. Romans Romans 15, 13. 15, 13. I'm looking at Romans 12. Yeah. Romans 12 depicts joy joy alongside salvation. So, yeah, it says be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. That's Romans 12, 12. I thought you said Romans 12, 12. No, Romans 15, 13 is the one that says, May the God mm. of all hope fill you with all joy and peace mm. as you trust in him, so that you may mm. overflow with hope by the power mm. of the Holy Spirit. But yeah, and I think just, I just trying to make like my point was, is that the reason you can have that internal hope and joy and peace, all these things can be in 
in you because you know that God has triumphed over all of the trials and tribulations that you will go through in your life. Okay. Like he has triumphed over sin. He has triumphed over death. He has triumphed over sorrow and grief and all these and bitterness and all these things that you have to go through in your life. You know that he has defeated them all and that at one point uh, there is a point in the future when they will cease to exist and that their joy will come through completeness because you're like, like I said, you can go through a trial here on earth easier if you know there's an end date. And that's what I'm just saying. If you have a broken leg or you have to have a certain treatment, which is very painful or something, I'm just equating it with that type of in more, not that. Anyway, I'm just saying in, in real life, in not real life, but in our lifetime here on earth, if there's something that you're going through, but you know that it's going to be two weeks, whatever reason, it's going to be two weeks. You can persevere through that easier than if you go through something and you just never know when it's going to, when it's going to end. I'm just saying with joy, the reason why we can have joy is that we do know that there's an end because it's not, it's not going to be like this forever. In two ways. One is that we know there's an end and two, we know that Christ has died for us and that he has defeated sin so that our punishment is not coming so we can feel the joy to know that we are we've been say we've been delivered from that judgment psalm 90 i'm gonna start at 12 because i think that's a pretty good place to start on this one is teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom relent lord how long will it be have compassion on your servants satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days i like that yeah, so, but for me, it sounds like joy is also something that was given to us through the Lord mm -hmm. for our, specifically for our time on earth. So there is, how do I put it? Once Christ returns and the new earth happens, there's no need for joy in a sense, for we have already rejoiced in the completion of God's sovereign plan. I think we'll also have a fullness of joy then. And that's yes. why we'll be worshiping him forever. Yeah. Yes. So another way to say it is the purpose of joy had been fulfilled at that point, has been fulfilled at that point. Yeah, exactly. I find sometimes in a worship service when we're, we'll get the beginning part where, we're, where we start with the singing, that sometimes, depending upon, maybe it's the song or whatever, especially when they introduce like a new song. And there was one, All Sufficient Merit. That one will sometimes, and I could just feel it welling up and then it just comes out and it just comes out in water. That's why it's welling up. Is that why it's welling up? That, and I find sometimes that that joy chills me like that. And it's not always, it's not always this ecstatic, happy feeling. Sometimes it's just like a, it's sometimes it's a, I just want to get down on my knees and plant my face on the ground because I don't know where else to go. And that's why I like, I say like a lot of people will misconstrue happiness and joy because they feel like if you like tried to type in like a picture of joy. Like you ask like Google to show you pictures of joy. They're always going to be happy, smiling people. And yet that's not what joy is. It's just a, it's a, it's an expression of joy, but it's that deep sense of knowing that God is sovereign, like David said, and that it's that his word will be fulfilled and that we've been the humblest and joy comes from the fact that we know that we've been redeemed through Christ's blood. And yeah, it's just a different, it's a different entity. 
because yeah, you'd probably see if you put like church joy or something into Google, it'd be like people raising their hands. That would most likely be what you're going to see. I wonder, as a person who didn't, who, who wasn't raised in the church, I went to church occasionally, but I wasn't raised in the church. I didn't become a Christian until later on in my life, knowing what I was saved from. And there's, um, <laughs> if you don't know this but about me by now, I will share this with you. Music is what I relate things to. Stephen Curtis Chapman has this song called Remember Your Chains. And it's one of those songs that talks about, as a born-again Christian, remembering where you came from and that you don't want to go back there again. And when I remember what God saved me from and where I am now, that joy of being saved, and that had, that can't be expressed in 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 laughter and running around and jumping. When I've seen churches who've done that, and I've been a part of all of that kind of stuff, and I just went, yeah, okay, it's funny. And I'm just like, but what is that? I feel it's more like the fleeting part. Yes. Like it's an emotional aspect of the moment. So I, for some I stopped, people, it just might be how they express it in the uh, moment. Of, it's not the way I, I do. I was a part of all of that. For a very short time, I went to some services and I did have that, 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 that break out of laughter. And, and I'm just like, and then afterwards I sat there and go, so what was the purpose of that? Because it was there and gone. It was fleeting. And I think that was something that God was showing me. He said, he says, when it comes to joy, it's not something that's going to overtake you, make you laugh, make you fall on the ground. And then it's over with. It's going to take you over and it's going to stay with you. It takes root. It takes root. Here, I'll share a couple of pictures on Discord, David. I asked ChatGPT to do a picture of joy and one of joy versus happiness. So it's just interesting how, because ChatGPT is going to have gone from what it, the information that it's given, right? And they depict joy as a serene landscape at sunrise with a calm lake reflecting the warm colors of the sunrise surrounded by lush greenery. A solitary figure stands by the lake gazing at the sunrise which emanates a sense of joy and contentment. This image conveys a feeling of joy and peace, highlighting the beauty and calmness of nature. So yeah, it's just like a picture of water and trees and a sunrise and a person standing. It's always interesting when we see... I can actually feel that. Yeah, right? (laughs) But what's interesting is that if you look at the next picture, it actually shows like two sides. It's split in the middle. And one side is a person says here the split image creatively depicts the differences between these two states on one side representing joy there's a person in a peaceful forest symbolizing inner peace and contentment on the other side symbolizing happiness there's a person at a festive party embodying the pleasure derived from external circumstances and it's really interesting like when you actually see and you actually go i could see that as joy yeah it's just an interesting concept because it's actually like being alone is joy has more like visual content of joy than being in a than crowd, being of, in a crowd of people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't have joy in those situations, but if you think about it, if right. you try to make like a visual representation, I think ChatGPT did a good job of how of people and how visualize. So then, things. so what it's saying is that it's an internal contentment mm-hmm. rather than an external. And there's like a calmness and peace. peacefulness, serenity. that serenity. Yeah, that all those words kind of serenity. But that's all. Grab me the serenity. And I always almost feel like it like this. It's even when you're going through stuff, if you could reach down inside me, you'd find this little ball of this peaceful, calm, 
even if I'm not on the outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if I really looked internally, there would be this joy, peace, contentment, calmness that is within me. Before we moved into the house, there were times when I'd be sitting in my apartment and I'd just look around and I'm all all by myself. Cat, no cat, because Whisper passed away just before I started Taekwondo. And, And I remember sitting around my condo, just looking around at my stuff and realizing that I had peace. I had contentment. I wanted for nothing. I was fully satisfied with how my life was at that point in time in my life. I didn't want, I didn't care if I met anybody. I didn't, it didn't matter to me. Then I started Taekwondo. It's just, but it's funny because you always think that if you are all by yourself, that you cannot feel yeah, in a relationship way or something. Yeah. No. yeah. Yep. There's this idea. And yet when we look at it, we actually think of it as on your own, like you have a joy and a peace and all these things. And it's just not, again, not like you can't have it within, you can't have it in our own home where we have two people or you can't have it in a crowd. You can, you totally do. Mm-hmm. But when we try to represent it visually, yeah. like we try to create something to represent it, that's how yeah. we represent it. Because I think with it's pointing out that it's within a person. Yeah. It's not an external thing. It's within. What do you think, David? So I'm thinking about this and there is an aspect, a core character, and I haven't figured out what it is. And that's what I'm trying to think through and trying to listen to you guys. There is a core aspect between secular joy and then how Christians or how biblical joy is. Mm -hmm. And that missing piece, from what I can tell, is what is the line. It's what blurs secular, it's what blurs joy between joy and happiness. And this is, and then I'm, I feel like this is why people get these, people use these things interchangeably in a secular context. It's because there's a core aspect about biblical joy that it just isn't there when it comes to secular joy. Now, I'm trying to, and this just popped up into my head, but I'm trying to figure out what that is. No, I'm wondering what is I secular joy. Secular joy is is Sorry. what people relate to to joy as in it's what you guys call the external factors. It's you, you relate joy to gaining wealth or because without God, if you take God out of the picture, joy ends up revolving around a picture. For example, Monique, you said when you looked around in your house and you saw everything, all your items, you were happy. With, that creates a kind if you didn't have God, that creates a dependence. In order to have joy, you have to have everything you ever wanted. You have to but create within, Yeah. But I didn't right? have like, I'm not saying that I had the best of everything. Like No, I had, no, I think he's that, just saying if you didn't have No, no, oh well, I had ten million dollars and I have a Ferrari and yeah. stuff. Not like that. But it's <laughs> if I can live like, my entire life. If I can live my entire life with everything that I have now. With no human interaction, it's what it's what I ha- I saw you pick up. Now, it, it's different that that is considered secular joy is when someone depends on that as a requirement for joy. Now, biblical joy is radically different. Instead of that, we need a single thing, and that thing is eternal. That's God. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that becomes our joy. Yeah, everything we're like in charge of making our own joy then. It's going to fail us because the coach, 
All we had to do was move it to find out that it was falling apart. Oh, <laughs> oh well, throw that out. So it wasn't like I had the best of everything. I just, I, ha- I had a roof over my head. I had a place to sleep. I had food in the fridge. Mm-hmm. But you weren't trying to mm-hmm. create your own joy. You had the joy. The joy wasn't with you. It was with God. Yep. And I think that's the difference is where God's the source of our joy as a Christian. Yep. He's the center of the ball within myself that I kind of picture in my body. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say secular joy is rooted in personal fulfillment. And then the joy that we experience is rooted in faith and our relationship with God. Yeah, exactly. So I think that can lead us into the third part that we're talking about with being joy as a single person. Mm-hmm. Because again, there's this idea that we're there's something that's not quite right, right, or we're not fulfilled, or I'm something. missing that part of you. And then they go, "How can you have can see?" My ex, one of the things he hated was when I said you have to learn how to be content because for him, contentment meant you just stay in that particular moment forever. He wanted to be better and do more things. And if you ever were content. That meant that you were happy where you were and you weren't ever going to move out of that spot. You were going to be in that rut forever. And I was just like, that's not what God talks about with being content. No, you're content in the moment and those moments change. And just because you can learn to be content and joyful within singleness doesn't mean that you will be single forever or that you somehow cursed yourself into singleness, (laughs) even if that's a thing. But like I used to tell my ex, like I used to say, what if God doesn't want you to be a millionaire? Because that's what he wanted to be. And he'd be like, oh, I rebuke you in Jesus name. Like that's what he would do constantly. And I was asking, I'm like, I'm asking you a question. I'm not like cursing, cursing you with God shall not make you a millionaire. I don't know. I was like, cursing you with poverty. I was just like, if you can't learn contentment within like a middle class or whatever station, what makes you think that you get to be content and joy within and, and here we are, te- technically, prime example of how you can be content. And then God says, now that you are content in this place, I'm going to move you out of this place into another one. Yeah. Because it we relied me. on God to move our lives, yeah. not in our own personal. We have to make it work. We to make it work. Yeah. I tried to make it work getting married. Yeah. Ask me how that turned out. <laughs> Same. So, many what you just said is a brilliant example of what God does to teach us what true joy is. Right. Because the because once you start moving yourself into different areas of life, then you begin to realize that the joy isn't rooted in those areas, but rooted in the objective sovereignty of God. Because that can be that. So, because God follows you, God walks with you. Our Lord Jesus walks with you as you go through these areas. Yep. It teaches us to it teaches us to root almost every aspect of our lives into the one person that is willing and has been for all our lives to walk walking with us. Yep. Yeah. And it's allowing God to move you in the directions that he wants you to go rather than you fighting him. That's the thing. If you're intent on going something like I can't be content and joyful in this moment because then it means I won't get X. Then you're just taking control. You're trying to control everything. You're trying to take control and you're telling God that just take your hand off the wheel. I'll drive and I'll make my own joy. 
And then you're just like, hey, where is that? Ask me in my 30s where that left me. It was like not a good place. In my 20s, in my 30s, it was not a good place. Right? And so please, listeners, don't wait this long. No. And take the time to find joy and contentment in now. Because, yeah. And I think a lot of tests, too, are rooted in the fact that, that it's not so much God putting us in, a, in in an area to test our faith, but it's more like God is walking with us. And then when we say we want to take the wheel, God's, okay, I'm going to step back and I'm going to let you take the wheel <laughs> and you'll learn this will be a test then. And, and it's fascinating, too, that what secular joy and singleness ends up being is like the complete opposite. It has a massive focus on personal aspects of your life. Then in the Christian context, it's it's for serving God, it's for building the community, and it's for trusting the plans of God. It's for it's trying to build those. And then it's the complete opposite. It it's very fascinating to me that what God what everything God tries to do in our lives is the complete opposite of what like almost the complete opposite. And I want to emphasize that of, of what culture, society, and this and the secular views on all of these co- ideas are, all of these joy and stuff is. I was just thinking that if you think about where we were, just even where we were when we started Taekwondo back in 2017, 2018, were any of us even remotely thinking that we would be in this place today? So, you know, for those of you who think, I can't because where is God's not going to do anything. He's just going to. If I'm content and joyful, that means I'm going to be stuck in this rut forever. And that's not true. And and God says, now that you are content where you are, it's time to move you. And then he will. And you have no idea what he's going to do. It sort of reminds me, I was thinking, I always often reminds me of the, the parable of the talents. Yes. Where it says, if you were. I think it's from where it's from, but it says if you're entrusted with a few things, then you'll be entrusted by with many things. Yep. If you can show um, like good stewardship over the small things that he gives us, then that's when he'll give us the bigger things. And you yep. can see it like a parent being like the kids, I want more responsibility. And they're like, OK, instead of giving you like everything, here's a little thing to see how you're doing. Yeah. Like a kid, I want a pet dog. And you're like, okay, here's a fish. Let's see how the fish goes turns out. <laughs> here's and a plant. If it's here's still- a plant. If it's still alive, we'll go to a fish. If the fish is still alive, we'll go to a hamster. We'll work our way up to the dog. Because how many times do people, families get pets? And then the kid says, oh, I promise I'll take care of it and I'll take it for walks. And then a month down the road, mom's doing it all. Yeah. Or dad. Or dad. Nope. More, more. <laughs> my, my ex's uncle ended up, it was, they got the dog for their son. But he was end up going off to college and it was like, and then like basically doing stuff is too busy. And so the dad ended up taking him out for walks and then ended up going on like super long walks with him. And he lost a whole bunch of weight and it was great. So, <laughs> so you never know. What you never know out. how it'll turn out. <laughs> yeah. Too funny. So then we can talk about how joy and Christ's birth. Like, because <laughs> that's a same joy, different context, I think. Or it's joy incarnate. I just cannot wrap my brain around angels showing up to the shepherds lighting up the sky and it's then they like worship there they praise god yeah. and they praise him it's just whoa could you imagine they're like it's finally it's here it's here he's finally it's finally coming to be everything that god has promised from the beginning of time is happening it's all coming together right there in a manger the baby 
right? Wow. And I'd still, it, it's one of those kind of things that if you did just mess with your mind a little bit, Adam and Eve did not have belly buttons, but Jesus does. God has a button. Belly mm-hmm. button. Can you explain that one? Yes. God has a belly button, but Adam and Eve does not. Wait, yeah. They're the true ones with the flat tummy. Yep. But yeah, one, think about the joy of the ones like Anna and Simeon from, they got to see the fulfillment of all those scriptures, all those prophecies, all those promises or generations that they believed so much in that God allowed them to see the Christ child. Mm-hmm. So there's a joy seeing the culmination of the old testament all if you ever watch a tv series and there it's like one of these ones that builds and even if it's single one-off episodes like there's a build in the background of things that are going on and then you have the payoff of the final triumphant ending of the story this is it this is like all the payoff of the entire old testament is christ coming how much is that joy To be just like, it's finally happened. And to be like, to I would actually, I remember there's this one podcast called Strong Women. It's by the Colson Center. It's really good. And at the end of every episode, they ask the the people they interview, what is one person that you'd like to have? Or I think it was one woman that you'd like to have coffee with, if you could, any woman from history. And I always thought Anna would be like awesome to talk to her after she got to see Jesus after waiting for so long, because just imagine the joy that she would have had just pouring out of her to J- and Simeon the same thing. And I, just, I, I just want to see Mary and Joseph's face as this happened. But I just, I guess I just think of Simeon and Anna because I think they're mentioned and I think that their faith and their understanding was like so true. That's like in Luke it, where it says that uh, was righteous and devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. Yeah. And that was a time before the Holy Spirit was yeah. in the uh, believers. And so it was just, so just the thought of that. So fulfillment of uh, prophecies and that, and then the fact that Jesus, God came to be incarnate, yeah. like Jesus, the man that he where it talks about where he didn't, he put off what was rightfully his, like, and came. He, he left his rightful place in glory to come down to be our savior. Yeah, right? And it's just, so to be able to, yeah, to, to just, the, the joy of us human people who are sinners to know that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to come from heaven as a, to become flesh incarnate and to come here to earth it's just and then even though we celebrate christmas and we celebrate the joy of christ's birth it's because so we've talked about the past leading to this we've talked about the present of him actually coming in physical form to our earth and now it's like the future is like he's where we're celebrating that he's come but the purpose of his coming is to die on the cross, which is the only reason that sinners have hope and joy. So it's just like the before, present, and future. It's even though it's the past for us, the future is still in. Yeah. It's still coming. Yep. The future joy, and to just know that our sins are forgiven. Like we can stand on that day, on the judgment day, and Christ is. 
has stepped in for us. And if that's not hum- like humbling, I don't, th- I don't <laughs> think you truly understand the gravity of what sin is and what Judgment Day would be. And what Christ has done. And even I will completely freely admit that I, I do not understand it to the fullness that it is. Mm. And I don't believe I will until that day. Because until you're standing right before, because we have a tendency to like still pretend we're gods ourselves in the sense yeah. where we don't, we have, but we're going to stand in front of a holy God one day and that's when it's going to hit us the most. I, I think the, I think part of that too is that because we have never, we haven't really experienced that full on holiness. Yeah. We, we may, we've already been told like almost, we can't be without dying. Yeah. So we, it's, it's like, what Paul says, we see through a glass darkly. Yeah. And we still have a lot of pride within ourselves. Yes. Oh, we think we know everything. You don't. So I get that because even if I try to mercy me, there's a song again. Yes. I can only imagine because we can, that's all we can do right now. Yes. While we're on this side of the veil, we can only imagine what it would be like to be in his presence. It just, I don't think i would just be like i don't even know i would just be on the ground because there's no way you can stand in front of that i know that's the only only way i see myself with a flat face down i can't think anything else i'd rather i would be doing exactly yeah like they were just i think something you'd it would hit you i think in that moment the true like the fullness of everything yeah the real reality because you can say anything about a future event but until you experience it like it's not truly ever happened you can be like oh on my wedding day it's going to be this and this but until you actually experience your wedding day and all the emotions and stuff that come with it then that's why they say that brides or whatever are radiant and grooms are like lovesick or whatever because until you can you can't fake that you can't okay show me a radiant bride it's different than the day right yeah this is the same thing you can imagine in a sense, we're talking about what you can't imagine, but it, you can even go to the wedding shop and try on all the dresses and yeah, you know what it feels and like. Try to do a photo shoot, but it'd be different than it the day. And this is the same thing where it's the groom, the bridegroom has come in the church and is there is the bride, and that's the day that the true truth of it will hit yeah. you. And all of the stuff that we have within us, joy and peace and faith and hope and all these things are just a fragment of what they will fully be. A shadow. A shadow, yes. Yep. Yeah. Even to, I'm pretty sure, every bride out there, even those, no, I am deeply in love. I could never be more in love with anybody than I am at this point. Even that is a, only a shadow of what it's like to be in his presence. Yeah. It's just a symbol of, it's a symbol of something that's, that's real and something yeah. to come. It's just, it's indescribable. <laughs> I think there's a reason why, like, God made a lot of, like, things like Revelation. That, like, it's very, it's not so specific <laughs> because I think we couldn't handle it. No. And even trying to. And it's none of our business. Yeah. It had the very specifics of it. Yep. Jesus will come on this day and it'll be like this. And, like, all we know is that he's going to come in the future. The day has been set. There's going to be trumpets. There's going to be tr- like It's not a secret. Like it, the first coming was almost a secret, even though there was little things like the angels and stuff like that. And the star. And the, I star. Missed the star. Yeah. But there was like, it was like just a few people knew. Like when Christ comes again, it's definitely no one's going to be like, wait, what happened? No, no. Everybody in the entire world will know the moment. Well, that's something that's mind blowing because you, 
you think that the world is round. So how do they know? How would how would people from if he's here? How would these people know? And yet, because I think what's going to happen is that no matter where you are in the world, when he comes again, we're all going to be gathered. I'm getting goosebumps just like thinking about it because the dead will rise, and then those who are alive will rise, and there's just and we're all going to be gathered. Can you imagine? There's 8 billion people on this planet. We're all going to be in that same place. But at that moment, time doesn't exist. No. And so nothing will be like, oh, it's taking a really long time to... No, I think it'll happen. It's just, it's going to be big. And you were like, wait a minute. That's what it said. Some will be sleeping. Some will be toiling in the field. Like, we're just going to be better every day. And then I think that's... Yeah, David? Bam. Oh, bam. Yeah. I think remember when... When you were going through the stuff with Amber. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, things didn't matter anymore. The minute details of life didn't matter anymore. No. It was just gone. Yep. And the craziness of people and the bickeriness and the pettiness and or everything did not matter anymore. No. And that was like a pretty serious situation. And all of a sudden, everything. And you're sitting there like, how is the world still moving when this is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just this is. And that's just like a tiny taste of like. When this, nothing else will, everything will cease to matter, but in a good way. In a Because, yeah, all of our joy will be complete in that day. So our joy is a reflection then, of what the future is. Yeah, and then it doesn't matter if you believe in him or not, because every knee will bow. Yeah, every at that tongue moment, you will confess. Know. Yeah, you will have no choice. And you'll have no excuses on that nope. day either. Nope, and it'll be too late by then. Don't wait. Nope. Find that no. joy. Pardon, David? Said no. No waiting. No waiting. It's no waiting. this this is the time to go. This is the time to accept Christ and the work that he's done. I have to experience and, that joy. Yeah, experience that joy. It's like we can't even describe the reflection that we feel in our heart, a reflection of the complete joy that has come. But I just envision this ball of joy in my heart. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to explain. Everybody has their own way of viewing the world and giving examples or symbols of how it is. But that's, that's... for me, it's a roller coaster of joy <laughs> and sadness because I read that it just happened. Are you okay? Can you still hear me? Yeah. You were talking and then you stopped talking and then you said, what happened? And we're going, we don't know. Are you still there? Oh, I thought I lost the internet for a second. Oh, no. I had. Internet pages pop up saying that there's no internet. Okay, where was I? How you um, picture joy or you picture your life in a roller coaster? Oh, yes, because I read about the things that are happening in the world and the Euphrates River drying up. And e- even if it's like 100 years away, you still see the starting of the fulfillment of these prophecies that are depicted in Revelation. And it brings me a lot of joy to, to see these things, that Christ is coming soon, but it also makes me very anxious and very sad because there's a lot of people who still don't know Christ. And that's why he says that he doesn't come right away. He's mm-hmm. giving people a chance. Yep. Yes. He's very patient. Yeah. yeah. But he's not going to force you. Nope. He's giving nope. you chance after chance after chance. And if you say no and that you prefer to live in a world separated from God, then he will honor that choice. And that's what hell is, the eternal separation from God. That's, a, that's also a very strong misconception of what hell actually is. People feel like hell is just torture and fire all the time. It's not. It's, it's the utter separation from God. 
everything just be darkness. Yeah, and that's like, the choice that people want. Yeah, everyone you never every, yeah. feel love ever again. If, you, if one is sent to hell, it is because of their own free will. They chose. Yeah. That's what they say. God sending people, and you're like, God gave a choice. God gave a free gift to take. No strings attached. And you ain't going to be sitting there with your buddies over a fire having beer. I know. I always hate when I see these t-shirts or memes or whatever there, and they're all talking about, oh, when I'm in hell, this is what I'm going to do, or I'll be partying there. And I'm just like, no, you won't. You will that At that moment, you'll realize, but you also fear. Well, it's... It- because you're not uh, I think, separated from God. You're going to be separated from everything and everyone. You'll be utterly alone in darkness. It's just not that. It's not just that, too. It, it's the It's too. When it's as soon as Christ comes back, everyone will know and every knee will bow. Yes. You're not going to have doubts either. There's no doubting. You'll know for an absolute certainty that God did exist. Yep. Because one of the because of the requirement to actually be in hell is it is that you must fully wholeheartedly reject and want to be separated from god that mm-hmm. has that has an implication of that god exists you know what he did on the cross you know exactly and everything what he represented and you still chose mm-hmm. be separate. and everybody talks about in the last day about the antichrist all an antichrist is is a person who has rejected christ that's what an antichrist is and it just becomes more prevalent yep. over time. So yeah, so it's a downer part of the of the of- end of the joy one, but it's a serious part that we think is very important. Like we could just gloss over it and pretend it doesn't exist or that it's not a big deal, but it is. And we really hope that you take this to heart and even just start asking questions or reach out to us for anything that you want, like anything you want clarification on or talk to a friend that might go to church or a pastor they might be able to help you there's lots of places to go for help to just to even understand it more yeah and yeah so because there's not like we can't answer everybody's questions or we can try we'll try so just let us drop a line if you want to we're here to answer questions the best that we can and or to point you in the direction of someone who can answer it better than we can so Mm -hmm. yep because we want people to feel the joy that we have yes through all things we can we have that joy Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Even going through the 10 years of abuse with my ex, I always had the joy in there. Even everything that I have had to go through with my daughter and the struggles that we've had and facing multiple times where her life was always at risk, I always held on to God is greater. Mm-hmm. And he has seen her through every single one of those. How can I not believe? Yeah, so that was our podcast on joy. Hopefully that you enjoyed it. I had to put that in there. You, I said that. And yeah, and we would love to see you come back for our podcast on love. I know. Big I heart. Heard. We're doing the Korean heart. Korean heart. Well. Korean heart. Yeah, so we hope that you join us here next time. Saran. We're going to talk. Saran. That's Korean for yes. love. Saran. Yeah, Saran. But yeah, join us next week when we talk about love because it's got more than just those flowery words. Connotations. <laughs> just like peace and hope and joy. It all it has, centers around it Jesus. It has a, a other more full, full, there's more fullness to it. Yeah. 
There's more to love than just love. All you need is love. The world needs love. Just love, sweet love. Oh, here we go again. Okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're all we're singing done. again. We're done. We're done. This are late. we done? We're done. David, are we done? Yeah. David, just please end this. So this is the end. We will see you here next time. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye-bye. As we bring this enlightening discussion to a close, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on the Route 77 podcast. Today, we ventured beyond the surface, exploring joy from a deeply spiritual perspective. We've touched on personal growth, the role of faith in experiencing true joy, and the anticipation that comes with awaiting Christ's return. Our conversation also grappled with the weighty topics of sin, judgment, and the choice each of us has in facing our faith. As we part ways, we hope this episode has sparked new insights and reflections on what joy means to you, especially in the context of your spiritual journey. Remember, the pursuit of joy is not just about seeking happiness in the here and now, but about finding a deeper, more lasting fulfillment in our relationship with God. Until we meet again, may your path be filled with the kind of joy that resonates in your heart and soul. And we wish you peace, fulfillment, and boundless joy in your walk of faith. And remember to live your single life to its fullest.